super simple theme song in three, two, one. Episode three of the Molmix. Very excited. Mr. Austin Swain is here. What's up, my dude? I have not seen you in I know, literally it's been a four years. Since school, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate Ethan. Dude, yes. I am so interested on in what the hell you've been up to because you messaged me on uh, Instagram about doing this. Yeah, and it was I was like so the same shocked. Day. I was shocked and psyched. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, fucking awesome. It's like, who is, who is this guy? The cool no, no, say, I was like, much. I was pumped, man. I was <laughs> super pumped. So I am. You know, the last two episodes, I kind of had prompts of what's talked about yeah. because of uh, the people I, I had on, I had been talking to more frequently, mm-hmm. so I kind of knew what they were up to. This is yeah. totally Shot the what almost. is up with you, man. Yeah. How has LA treating you? What Just go ahead. We're going to dive on that. On. First, I got to say, listening to last episodes, I think you have a great like NPR voice. I was like, well, oh, this thanks, guy man. should be on the radio, KTLA. <laughs> Maybe a, you know, that dumpy thing in Culver can hire him. I don't know. <laughs> thanks, Everyone's man. looking for work. But <laughs> yeah, um, LA's been, like, especially right now, it's just been wild. Everyone's kind of going through the same thing. Everyone has up and downs, of course, and depression and stuff like that. Yes. Slow, but, you know, things are slowly, you know, as we get closer to the end of the year, things are slowly opening up for me. And we kind of can dive into that as we go. And I can talk about my past experiences. But all in all, I'm content with it. You know, could be Great. better, of course. But Great. I'm just happy and I'm healthy. And my loved ones are all safe. So very grateful, of course. Great. I love it, man. Yeah. Gotta, gotta find the silver linings you everywhere do. nowadays. It's all about the small things, man. Every, every day I'm learning that. Every single day. Count your blessings as, uh, what is it? No, my favorite things or whatever Sound of Music was saying. <laughs> Who knows? There's some wholesome references for you. Yes. So, so you, I got some points here we could talk about. What would you like? Yeah, what's uh? What I just I want to know what your since I haven't seen you since yeah. Chicago. What let's get into what your Los Angeles journey yeah. has been to. When did you leave Chicago? Mm-hmm. I know you were in the mm-hmm. film scene hardcore. That I even I don't know why I still. I was on one of your music videos. I think back when you were in your band. I yeah, thought. and we did the sound check thing with Jack. Yeah, Morris. you were the talent. That that's in my portfolio. That is. I want to say I want to thank you because you said some really. Nice things to me on that really? set, and I think that's when we first met. And uh, I remember you saying, like, just really like, oh, I can't wait to see, you know, what you do in the future. I hope you go to L.A. And just really nice things. Well, you were so um, cool. I was like, oh, man, this guy. I've always heard it. Because you're one of those guys I always heard about because you guys in the band. You guys were like, if it was high school, you guys were the popular folks, I the guess. The pilots. The pilots. R.I.P. Pan Am. So my journey kind of, let's see, pretty run-of-the-mill, I guess. I don't know. But I, so I, I graduated in 2018 from Columbia College, Chicago. Okay. Then it was cinema, art, and science. Now it's like te- with television. That was like the last year that they merged the television department. So I didn't do any studying with that. Okay. But I moved out here. Um, it was about maybe a little before this time, uh, 2018. So September 2018, I moved out here. Okay. And then I was actually had uh, like middle of, as because I drove over with my twin sister. We like hitched my uh, small suburb or like SUV, and then we drove out west. And it was like in Colorado that I got like a phone call, and I was afraid of you know, like losing service because you're in the middle of nowhere near like, you know, like nearing like the killing fields where they like slaughter cattle and stuff. So the middle of nowhere. Wait, so did you drive from, you drove the north. Yeah, I went, we took I-70. So we went from uh, Michigan and then we cut through Chicago and then Chicago, you can cut through Iowa, then Nebraska, and then you take Independence Pass, which is I-70, I think. And then we went west and then cut through Southern Utah. I went south. 
So I didn't hit Colorado. Oh, you went towards like Texas? I went Texas, Arizona. Oh, you took 55 probably down and then cut over west. Yes. Well, yeah, you're, you're, because you're from Illinois, right? Yeah, I'm from Chicago. Chicago land or Chicago, Chicago? What? Chicago land. Suburbs. Where in Chicago? Suburbs. Uh, Batavia. Batavia. Cool name, but never heard of it. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I'm corn, sure it's down corn, south. Cornfields. Corn, yeah, similar backgrounds there. Um, any rate, yeah, so I got a job. I worked, now it's the defunct uh, LA Film Festival. I worked, I was the point of contact for the Culver City, like, because they shoot, all, they had like little theaters for, through Arclight. Um, they okay. had like the different, um, Theaters that people go to, they had multiple around the city. I'm forgetting only the one, all of them, but the one I worked at. Yeah. It was the one at Culver City, the at Arclight. I was just the point of contact, you know. So it was like my first week there, you know, big city. Even though I was lived in Chicago, like, you know, still like a small town Midwestern kid, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing Los Angeles through rose colored glasses, of course, but yeah. That was a cool experience. And then from there, I met um, a few folks through like a Columbia network that worked at Viacom. Now okay. Viacom CBS. So I was doing a lot of uh, working a lot of their advertisements, okay. a lot of like stuff you'd see on Twitter or YouTube. Some commercials on TV, but I don't cable, so who knows? God knows if they're on there. Okay, cool. Um, and I would mainly just do a lot of. I did a lot of driving in my first maybe six months here. Like it was kind of cool to be a chauffeur because yeah. they would have me be. Because I, I can just talk to anybody when I'm in a car, I guess. So they would have yeah. me like pick up the talent. And these are like you know somewhat famous people, I guess, or big shot, big wigs. You so. mean cool people? Oh yeah, I have a. I'll, we can get into that as we go, but I have quite a few names <laughs> nice. that I'm sure you'd love to hear. Nice, my journey with them, but okay, yeah. mainly through it was Husay, I think they're called through Viacom CBS. Um, I think now they're Viacom Velocity. I'm not sure, but it was mainly nothing crazy. But it was ma- like no one like super uh, high up there. But it was mainly um, a lot of uh, like small some office work, being on set, you know, being the shuttle PA guy, you know, nice. uh, van PA. Okay, cool. So your first yeah. six months here. Maybe, yeah, almost to this first year, because it wasn't until maybe, like, Christmas time I got my first, like, solid office job. Nice. It was actually through them still. They had me work for, like, almost two weeks in the office. Okay. Helping them do stuff. So it was kind of cool, because, to be honest, I, in school, I did, like, screenwriting and production design, and I also did grit. You did a bunch of stuff. I did everything, man. I was, like, a Swiss yeah. Army knife, and I think yeah. I kind of just, like, neglected what I really wanted to do, because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Because, like, yeah. I was the first one in my family to go outside of the norm of going to college and doing, like, doing oh, I'm going to be an engineer or this, you know? Yeah. So I was going to be an architect and go to the University of Toledo, but glad I didn't. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, I was this close okay. to doing that. But um, and here we are now. But at uh, any rate, yeah, I worked in the office for them, and then slowly I got a, and then I kind of off and on doing that same kind of work for them for the rest of maybe 2018, tripling into 2019. And then I finally got my first ever like, full-time job. It was for a show on Disney+, and then it was in March of 20, what is it, 2019, right when COVID started. No, it was 2020. 20, right? Oh, like, 2020, couple, yeah. like Just, mar- yeah. this March. All, yeah, so whole two years this March, get my first opportunity ever. And then, the fir- like, not even 10 days working uh, in. And like, yes, guess what? We're terminating everyone. The whole office, I don't know what it is now, but the whole office, all. everyone was terminated. But. Damn, what was the show? Can you it was called uh, Disney Insider. Okay. And they basically did, they had, like, it was a docu-series where they took, um, like, small, like, they would have, like, all these different producers, like, maybe six or so producers. And they would, like, you know, be detached to, like, oh, some people would go to the Milan set when that was shooting. And they kind of, like, do behind the scenes. Uh, some people would went to okay. do, like, American Idol stuff. Even, like, because now they own Fox and Hulu and stuff like that. So there'd be okay. stuff over at Who for, like, what's it, Little Fires everywhere. They did a thing for that. Yeah, yeah, But I was mainly in the office for them, and they would have me on set. I originally was, like, that shuttle PA guy. And I knew my project manager because I worked through with her through Viacom. And she was like, yeah. Like, you're, like, I told her, hey, man, if you need somebody to get on set, or in the office, excuse me, like, I'm your guy. She's like, really? Because we don't really like our PA right now. Nice. There you go. And then literally they fired somebody and got me on there, which, and then a week later, of course, things all shut down, but it was, man, it was so cool. Like, the the level of access we got, and I'll have to be careful 
what I what thought I say, but it was just crazy what I saw. Dude. I bet. Being at Disneyland and like definitely adult uh, the um, Burbank Studio too. It was just a dream wild. come true, man. It was just really wild. I felt you just felt even when I was in the office in Culver City, you just felt like the energy, this like vibe, if you will. Yeah. Um, just the energy that everyone had came, coming to work, being positive and trying to do the best stuff. Because it felt like you were the upper echelon of like media being made out, which is crazy, yeah. crazy experience. Disney. Yeah. yeah, it's there. And I've been lucky too because I've worked for like HBO as well a few times. And I was at the job I just had now, like my first job back from being in quarantine or from COVID, I should say, mm-hmm. was I was uh, working over at the Sony lot Culver nice. for HBO for the, um, what's it called? The West Wing special. They're oh, doing yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for the election or something like that. They're going to have like a one night special. Like a special thing. Yeah, they're like, they're at, like, they did it at some theater downtown and they're like redoing an episode that's poignant to today. Okay. Which was cool. I, I got to know when Martin Sheen was going through hair and makeup. So I thought that oh, was the same nice. with uh, the other, what, what it was, I don't know, he was in Parks and Rec, what's his name? The other, I know who you're talking about. I don't know. Handsome guy, guy, nice jawline. I don't know. I never really watched Parks and Rec. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's cool. So now you're now we're at this point. Now you're yeah. here. You're back from you were ho- at home. Yeah, I was in the back in the Midwest, like a lot of other Los Detroit. Detroit, Detroit, yeah, Metro Detroit. Um, I was born in Detroit, then I was like raised like in a suburb outside, very similar to like probably what it's like in Chicagoland. Yeah, but out there it's, there's less trains, it's all cars, so it's a lot like LA where it's just like really flat and like wide, not very tall. If that makes sense. Okay. Do you know uh, Jordan Letterman? He went to Columbia. It, you would know. He's a huge Detroit. He's yeah. from Detroit. Is he and like is he Chris, Chris McClellan? Chris, oh, I know Chris yeah, McClellan. He's out here too. Um, he's, Did he play baseball? He's Michigan. I don't know if he played baseball. I knew a McClellan that played baseball from my area. But. I don't know if he played baseball. Um, and you, I also didn't know you were a twin. Yes. I'm from a big I'm Catholic sh- family, man. Yeah. I just learned that just now. When yeah. You said that, and I have a. I am always so interested in twins. It's like, a lot of fun. Do you have those weird like moments? Like, can you feel like a disturbance like, in the force? Yes, sometimes. literally. Like, is that true? I think in part when we're like closer to closer by, because sometimes I'll forget too. Because okay. we've always been raised to be such individuals, even though like I grew up in a small town where everybody knows everybody. So like, oh, you're one of the Swain's kids. You're Randy Swain. Yeah. You're Dave Swain's son. You're one of the yeah. twins, right? Yeah. So we always were kind of lumped that you were like this like family, like a clan almost. Yeah. So we always had that kind of, but they always raised us internally to be very indiv- individualistic, if that's a word. Excuse yeah. Me. I stumbled on my words there, but. Um, yeah, I when we're always near like back home, for example, like uh, you always you always just kind of like, remember, kind of like, flushes back, like oh yeah, like we have like this feeling, like, I can kind of just read her and she'll like read me and just kind of know. Okay. So there's like a little bit of a connection. It's very sibling. I'm, I'm already on top of that. I'm already really close to my siblings, so we always kind of have okay. that. Nice. But yeah, we do have that little connection. But it's not like I'm all the way out here west, not out west, and then I'm like, wait a minute, I feel disturbance. Like, what was that's that? That's what I'm. That's what I because I hear those stories with the twins. Like, oh, I could tell that my sister or brother yeah. was upset, and I Maybe called I'm them, and something know. happened, and I'm like, wow, that could be freaky stuff. Love How it. many are you only child, or what are you? No, I'm also uh, two sisters. Two sisters, two younger sisters. Where's, what's your position within the oldest? Oldest. Yes. The baby and you're the patriarch. Here we go. Yes. Oldest by, yeah, a couple years. Young Olivia is 23. Oh, you guys I'm are I'm 25. Close. Isabel is a sophomore in college. My she biggest gap is almost 10 years. It's like nine years between oh, me and shit. my oldest sister. Yeah, she's, I think, 33. I don't know. She's probably mad that I'm revealing her age. I won't yeah. give her a name, but she's, she's, uh, it was back, born back in 87, so she's a lot older than I am. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
Wow. Yeah, no, um, okay, yeah, you're talking about Disney, and then I also noticed, were you, did you work on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I did, I day played on that for two days, um, I wasn't on principal photography, okay. but I was on for the pickups, Okay. Dude, it was a dream, because I met the guy, it was so crazy, because yeah, like, days so later, I went, it was the Oscars, days later, oh, and I remember okay. I saw the guy, because the, like, the production designer, who like, recognized his face, I don't know his name, but I remember yeah. seeing him, and then he like, won an Academy Award for production design, wow. for like, First Man, or something like that. It's very similar to how it was in college. It's like when you have like your circle, everyone's always working on each other's projects, you know? Yeah. So it's like, oh gosh, this guy I gave him water and snacks yesterday. He was really friendly. Wow. Um, yeah, I was on for, um, it was the scene where they go to the drive-in and it was all like, um, they had a huge set over it. Funny thing, this is the first, this is the same, it's up in Burbank, same set where they shot uh, The Office. Oh, really? So it's cool. They have the placards that say, wash your hands. And it's like the official, I think it's the captain. So nice. It's like, oh yeah, sweet. Dwight Schrute and Steve Carell were here. Scranton. Scranton, PA. Um, but that was cool. It was for, yeah, just the, uh, I don't know what the character's name is, excuse me. But it was just the drive-in scene. It was this huge, beautiful, like, to scale model of the old Van Nuys drive-in movie theater. Oh. And then cool. they also did like a Pan Am airplane that they shot. It was all practical miniatures, but it was beautiful. sick. Because like, there's no AD, no director. There's just like all these... Dudes have been working here like they're probably thirty years my senior in, in the industry, and they're so cool, they're you know, on puffing on their vape pens, just like all the grips hanging out. It's like, oh, oh yeah, wow. like oh just a PA, you know, just I always like to stand by and be like available, and then it's like sometimes like oh, you just want to like help us move this thing real fast, like you know that right. there's always like you, these people have to do this and the, like that department can only do that, you know. There's a lot of like guidelines, but it was yeah. so shellaxed, if you will. Wow, it was really really cool. Wow, so sick, dude. Yeah. Oh, did I tell you? I don't think I talked about. It. I worked at Snoop Dogg's compound. The hell is that? Snoop Dogg's compound. Is that like a weed thing? It's, well, I guess it's his own, I should say it's like a studio. Oh. I've heard other podcasters talk about it. Like there's, I heard Gabriel Iglesias talk about it. So I won't reveal where it's at, but I'll talk okay. about it. It was just like, it was like so cool. <laughs> it was amazing. There's just a fleet of awesome cars. He has like this, he does a lot, I didn't know this, but he does a lot of philanthropy, especially through youth and sports. Like he does football stuff. He's like Snoop, had no like idea. Long Beach. I think he's from Long Beach, right? Or something. No. I know he's from SoCal, but yeah. Um, it was cool to see like his bus for his football players and stuff. And I was talking to a lot of his like right hand men and stuff like that. A lot of his crew, Whoa. they loved me, dude. They thought it was like, oh my gosh, this guy actually knows what he's doing. It was fun. But then just talking to them about like what it's like to work for the guy. It made, really, like, I already like respected him so much. It really just like bumped it up for me because he just seems like such a nice stand up man. I've weirdly seen him at like events, and I actually saw him just on the street one. I've seen him like four different times. Especially out here living here, man. I bet you yeah, see Hollywood. so many famous folks. Yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of people in Silver Lake. Um, like running on the track that I used to run on. We just like, I'd like run yeah. past people, which is pretty, like Joseph Gordon. Where were you? It. Oh, Shailene. Uh, Shailene Woodley. Um, who was the chick from the water? Were you by the Silver Lake or where were you? You know the reservoir? Yeah. Yeah, were you right over there? I was right across, like around the In corner. an apartment or in a house? Apartment. Nice. So I would just run on, you know, that place is beautiful, man. I could settle there, but I still want more space. I need a yard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're in Sherman Oaks? Sherman Oaks, yep. Okay. Probably will move in with a girlfriend one of these days, but for now, nice. I'm still gonna go month to month. Is she in entertainment? Like she stuff does, uh, like she was an artist by trade at school. Okay, and since like basically since birth, she's been very, very creative. She's right now trying to like many people trying to rework in this new era of like yeah. COVID. How am I? How am I gonna get the next job right now? She yeah. does. We'll do. She'll do freelance stuff, concept art, and other kind of drawings. But mainly, she's trying to think get more into like working for like Warner Bros. or like Cartoon Network. You know, something a little more. Um, consistent, if you will. Okay, it's gotcha. Just like everyone's just trying to... Com- it was already competitive before COVID, and now it's even, I feel, yeah. more competitive. I do have to say, though, I think I think when we are... fit, I mean, quote-unquote, officially out of this, 
I think there's going to be a, I hope there's just a huge um, increase of production. Yeah. Because there's nothing really being made nothing right shooting. now. Nothing has shot for, I mean, a couple things, but, you know, hopefully there's a huge mm-hmm. uh, like a want or something for uh, entertainment. I mean, I, th- I pray shows. that we see that and knock on what if we do, because I know that there were things that were shooting during mm-hmm. COVID and then you saw, I think, Batman, for example. Mm-hmm. Like there was like a COVID. Um, I guess someone, got got, someone just got sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think also the he, got sick. he got sick. He got sick too. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I know a crew member did, but I forgot about that. So I think I hope. Hopefully, if everyone does the due diligence and we do a good job, mm-hmm. like doing the right thing. I don't know what people's politics are, but I'm very. My family. My mom has been a nurse for a long time, so we're very science first, if you will. Yeah. Absolutely. So if everyone just does their job, we can slowly get there. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> absolutely. I think clo- I don't think it won't really have what it was until maybe closer to the end of 2021. Hopefully, yeah. maybe we can get something closer, but I don't think it won't happen until 2021. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Trump keeps saying, oh, we'll be good. We'll be good. We'll have this thing. And I just I don't oh, know what to believe. Might have to be another podcast of us just talking about him. I know. I don't, I, even wanna, dive I, don't even, <laughs> I don't even want to do that. But uh, I agree. I think if, if anything, it's going to be summer. And that's just me. I don't know shit. Yeah. I'm just... The stuff that I've seen, summer of next year, end of next year, mm-hmm. before everybody gets vaccinated, if there's a vaccine. Yeah, if there's a vaccine. Because <laughs> sometimes it takes almost half a decade for a vaccine to come out. Because if you just look at history and look at when there was the 1918, I guess they call it the Spanish flu, but it mm-hmm. wasn't really that. That was another like propaganda thing. So the epidemic that happened, or pandemic, excuse me, that happened then, during like at the, at the end of World War I, mm-hmm. it's just like they, it took them quite a few years to get all that, right? Right. So I, I don't know. Like, but we got modern medicine. Yeah, and I don't know anything about medicine like that, so I'm like... Are, Me are, either, I'm not, a, I'm not we, an expert. Are we cranking out a vaccine, like, that we're, like, you know, 90, 90% yeah. sure of? Just you so we be can get it out? Gotta be or, 100%. you know... Well, I think this that's the, the question the, for me. It's the former, because he's... he's I know this is definitely political, but he's definitely doing it so he can get some votes for the election yeah. this year. Yeah, And that's why people are like, hey, man, what, if, what are you injecting in me? Because, like, if this is, like, like you just said, 90% mm-hmm. close, like, what's that 10%? You know, right. people need to be, people need assurance. I think the American people need assurance. Yeah. Yeah. I like that tangent. That was nice. Quick tangent, quick political tangent. We're good. Squeeze uh, one in. <laughs> so at any rate, as we were talking earlier, uh, it was really cool working at uh, Snoop Dogg's compound. Mm-hmm. The One of my favorite details, I, and of course it was like just like a kid's playhouse. They had an awesome arcade. He had like a cool uh, indoor basketball court. He had a cool nice. casino. Of course, he had recording studios everywhere because it's like a studio. He has yeah. a place to shoot as well. But my favorite, all that's cool, of course. My favorite thing to see, and of course, all the memorabilia, like there was some cool Isaiah Thomas stuff. I'm talking nice. Bad Boys Pistons is Isaiah Thomas. I don't care about yeah. modern Isaiah Thomas, but yeah. seeing the cool, my favorite <laughs> 90s basketball stars, it was cool. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, like seeing it was in the men's restroom. He has, uh, he was really close to Tupac, mm-hmm. Tupac Shakur. I think that was his last name, excuse me. But like he had like his pencil, uh, hand drawn pencil drawings of Snoop. When he was in prison, and I thought that was so cool, and it was Whoa, signed by him historical. and everything. Yeah, I was like, "This needs to be a museum," but he has it yeah. in the men's bathroom. I thought that was such Whoa. a flex. I thought that was so cool. Wow, really, really cool. I don't know. Hope I don't get in trouble for that, but I thought that was really, really cool. That's really, really rad. That's yeah. cool. That seems like a yeah personal thing. Yeah, I've worked with. Uh, it was like just some random shoot, but it was with. I worked with. I was uh, Joaquin Phoenix's 
uh, right before, because it's funny, I saw the Joker with my girlfriend, and then the day after I got that job to be a PA, this is pre-COVID, of course, mm-hmm. and I, I was his babysitter, and it was really funny, because everyone always tells me I look like him. Well, a babysitter, I, that's not the proper term. I was a PA on set, and I would yeah. be the guy that would go to his green room and, like, welcome him to set. And like, oh, set, yeah. Of course. I say babysitter. Babysitter? <laughs> and that's just some, uh, uh, some you know, industry lingo for you. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, call yeah, him yeah. a babysitter. That was after Joker? That was literally like day, like that film came out. I think we saw it the same week. And then the next day I saw him. It was like on a Monday or two. There's Whoa. And I did, he was just the most cordial man I ever met. Really? You can definitely tell there's, because I know like what happened to his brother. Yeah. And I'm sure being that good for that long, everyone, it's a kind of hard and crowded place with your mental psyche. But mm-hmm. I thought he, him and I, he was just talking to me at lunch. Really friendly guy. I mean, there was a lot of A-listers on this set. It was yeah. for promotion, uh, promotion, excuse me, for the Amazon rainforest to kind of like help protect that kind of stuff. Because I know he's really big on that. Yeah. So there was like a lot. There was like, I can pull out my phone, but there was like yeah. Rosario Dawson was on it. One of the chaplains was on it. Wow. It was crazy. It was wow. the most con- high concentration of A-listers I've ever had to work with. It was re- I was like giddy. It was crazy. That's so but working cool. with him, it was just really crazy because I had like, I, as you know, I can grow a pretty good mustache. Yeah. I'm told I look just like him when it, in her, the film Her that he's in. Oh, he yeah. That. So I had that. I was like, this is a perfect storm because people always tell me Definitely. I look like him. And then I have the mustache. So I remember, it was really funny. They let him smoke his cigarettes. So that gave me a, like indoors, that gave me a headache all the time. It was at Pollution oh. Studios in downtown. Nice. But he was just a real friendly guy, really cordial, nice. and it was just fun to talk to him. Remember at lunch, he's just like you know, just being a being a guy, man's yeah. man, just asking me about stuff. You know, we didn't talk sports or anything because yeah. I, I I'm a big a lot of my stuff I wear on set is always like sports memorabilia because yeah. it's just like a talking point just to talk to somebody. So I had like an AC Milan, which is a soccer club in Europe. I don't know how nice. many American people know about soccer. I have no idea. Yeah, but across <laughs> the pond in Italy, it's uh, where my siblings live in Milan. Like that's their team. Local team, professional team. So I just wore that, and he thought it was kind of oh yeah, tell me about this and all that. So oh, your siblings live in Milan? Yeah. So they're dual citizens because we're Italian. Oh. So my oldest sibling and then my middle brother, uh, her and him live in an apartment in Milan. I wow. think they were in Chinatown, Milan, but I think they moved recently. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I haven't been in a few years. But. Let me say how many, how many, t- how often are you out there? Well, we would go like every every three years, I would say. Because I went last I went was in twenty summer twenty seventeen. Okay, we were gonna go again for a wedding, but that COVID kind of pushed that. Put Got a, it. Threw a wrench in those plans, but I for, yeah, I first went. They didn't come dual citizens until maybe five years ago, six years ago. But my first time going in Italy because we always had that tie because my dad's yeah. side of the family is really Italian, and we would we got to go back to like where their hometown is in uh, okay. Abruzzo. It's a small town called Castiglione di Sangro. So it was cool to meet like my grandmother side of the family. It was cool to meet them. People that have been there wow. since before World War II and stuff like that. It was really, really cool. Wow. Beautiful over there. I've never gorgeous. Been there, yeah. Gorgeous, man. I, I know I'm definitely privileged to have gone over there. Yeah. You know, have flown over there and have to have worry about the expenses. Right. But it's just beautiful country. Wow. Little, you know, it's, uh, we can talk about the people in maybe a different episode, but the country yeah. and the vistas, gorgeous. Love the history. Okay. You know, but we can dive into uh, some of the... Other you know, nitty gritty of the people there because the they still because if you go to Sicily, man, I've seen busts of Mussolini still. Like it's people. I think people romanticize Italy a lot. I mean, right. I get it. It's pretty, but remember they were on the wrong side of World War II. <laughs> Don't forget, guys. Wow. Don't forget they were wow. they were fascists. <laughs> <laughs> Milan, Milan. Yep. Let's see. For that, yeah, I think that's basically wraps that up. Um, just like that's a very quick overview. Of like kind of what I did film wise, mainly a lot of office stuff, which has been mainly what I'm trying to go into because I'm still trying to figure out really where I want to go. I yeah. want to screenwrite, but yeah. being in the office and being in production, I think has helped me kind of figure out where I should go. But I have a few. Yeah. I have like stories I could tell. 
I have like they're not my stories. They're my grandfather's stories from World War II, and then I have like some story that I've always had in the back of my head since I was a little kid. Nice. And I always can talk about Dungeons and Dragons. I can talk about that all day. But that oh, could yeah. be its own podcast, I guess. You've been into that, dude. Well, I, Jesse plays it all the time. Oh, he plays. I I uh, he plays twice a week. He has yeah. two different groups. I've yeah. never played. You gotta play. But I've been hearing like I mean, multiple friends of mine have been like, dude, you just gotta. As try an actor, it. I'm you surprised just... you haven't because I think. I think it's a lot... I guess this could be a good uh, tangent for another segment we could talk about. Is I think it's great for team-building exercises. I'm in in a few campaigns right now. I DM and play off and on a few times a week. I have a friend that's like in four, three or four games. It's like five-hour games? Yeah. It all depends on the DM, the Dungeon Master. I know... I like to keep it short. I try to make it like a TV episode. It'll be like two and a half hours... Maybe if I ask, like, hey, guys, can I have, like, maybe not another hour of your time? But yeah. I know some people have played, but I played with the DM. We played nine-hour sessions, eight-hour sessions, and down. It's, like, I it's guess really for the people who don't know what Dungeons & Dragons is, what could be a quick... Yeah, it's a, quick, it's a uh, tabletop role-playing game uh-huh. set in a, like, kind of a imagination fantasy realm. It's like Fantasyland, if you will. Okay. And, of course, like, it's been around since the 70s, since 1974. Gary Gygax from... Uh, you think he's from Chicago, but he, like, was up in, like, Geneva, Wisconsin, I believe. Okay. Um, he That game came out in the 70s. I know uh, told, uh, tabletop games have been around before that, but he really made it, like... Big. Take everything and make it what it is. And it's it's just a giant today because it's had a renaissance, I would say, in the last 10 years. I didn't know about it until college. I was say, I feel like I didn't really know about it until – I mean I knew – heard mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, but like until whispers. literally right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm hearing the most about it right now and I'm like I know it's been around forever. Yeah, because like, po- like after the interview, if you look at like online, like the internet presence that it has, it's huge. Like there's Critical Role. There's uh, DMs like Matt Colville and Jim Murphy that kind of talk about – because these guys have been DMing for 30 years. And they can kind of like just like pass their knowledge on, and they'll, they'll, then they get brought on to interviews and stuff like wow. that for stuff. So it's huge, and I I love it because I, as a creative, and just a person that loves writing, it's fun to. And plus, I love fantasy. I love. I see your Game of Thrones stuff. Yeah. If you love Lord of the Rings too, like wow. I all that, I try to jam into my game and make it really really fun. Because I'm really big on story, but yeah. there's different types of gamers we could talk about and stuff. But it's a lot of fun. You roll dice, and that's the engine of you know how the game works. But it's really fun. It's really free. It's liberating. So you just- you basically create your own story, your own characters. Yeah, you have like a DM that's like the referee because okay. it's based off wargaming, a game called Kriegspiel, which is a okay. German game built like in the turn of the century. We can dive into that too. And a lot about wargaming. Holy we can shit. talk about that another time. But it's you have like a referee who's the DM and he has like his screen, he has all the rules and you, you kind of ask him like, I want to do this. And then you roll dice and he lets yeah. you know if you succeed or fail. Okay. And then you have like the players have like their character sheets and that's just basically like a very analog way to have like a video game character if you know what I'm saying. Okay. It's very similar to, I play it kind of like Skyrim. Nice. If you ever play, play that's a very modern yeah. way. Yeah, it's just like take that but make it it's analog and it's on a piece of paper. And you have to roll dice to perform. Got it. But it's like more liberating because you're not you're not like it's more freeing, I should say, because you're not like limited limited by yeah. it being a video game. You know, so yeah. you can like you're it's boundless what you do. Just the adventure. It's all imagination. It is all imagination. And then it feels more like at the end of it, you're like, oh, my character didn't do that. We did this. Like I did that. You feel like you're really in it. You know, and you kind of have some escapism. It's really, really fun. So Sick. maybe one of those days I can I can have you swinging in on a game. Yeah, I got to try. I got to try one. I think you... Uh, yeah, At I first think... I was like, oh, this seems like a lot. But it I'm is... like, Jesse loves it. My friend Pablo was just telling me about it. He's like, just try it once. I'm like, this sounds like... I think times. as an actor, it helps you like really get into character. Because I have a lot of friends that are actors or voice actors. And you, you, they really just like get into, get into it. it. And I think it helps like hone your skills, I think. Okay, nice. All right. So that's just my like two cents for it. Great. I so highly recommend it to your viewers. Or your listeners, I should say, and, I, and to you. As well. I Dungeons and you Dragons, play. people. Yeah. Get on it. Get your nerd on. <laughs> Do it. Wow. Let's see. I have some cool World War II stories. 
I have two I could say I'll try to paraphrase into them. Then I have one about like the ha- something that happened in my backyard when I was a little kid that's like a cute Disney event, like kind of Disney story. Dude, just go. So I'll, yeah. I'll do this. Like I wanted to definitely, definitely wanted to shed light to this story. So my grandfather was in, he grew up, let's see, he was born, my, my father's father, he was mm-hmm. born 1921, so he was 18 when World War II started, 1940 I think it was. Okay. And he like enlisted. He got drafted but he enlisted because he wanted to know where he wanted to go. Okay. So he did more like, but I think there's like the terms in the military is like you have front office kind of and like back office kind of very like being in a restaurant you have front house and back front house. house. So he was in back house because he did more of like the money management. Okay. Went to finance school, um, and he told me the story that once he was done because he served in the Pacific. Okay. And mind you, this guy's an FDR Democrat. He was awesome. I love this guy. Very <laughs> influential in my life. But he told me a story. Uh, my family a story. He always would sit down and just tell us these amazing tales. But there was once they were trying to fly back, and I think they went from. The Pacific, somewhere in the Pacific, let's say like New Guinea, and then they went to Australia and then lost from Australia you go back to the west coast of the United States before you like go wherever you're from. Mm-hmm. So they would, I think we went to like San Francisco. So they're going into San Francisco and they have like there's this checkpoint. And so his buddy won the lottery and he got like a million dollars, let's have you. Back then that's still a lot of money, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And they have like they give you like these standard issue like shaving kits. Okay. So he had his shaving kit and his buddy's shaving kit. He's like, hey, they, before you go through the checkpoint, everyone's in a line. You get to go to the bathroom, shower, shave, and then you get to go do your step, check stuff. So, hey, Ralph. Yeah. So I got, I won all this money, and they're definitely going to take it from me if they find it. So can I, can you help me try to figure this out? Of course, I'm paraphrasing the story. Yeah, but he's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, so I'll help you out. So he dumped out his shaving kit, like all the like, you know, toothbrush, all that kind of jazz, into another bag. Yeah. And then he put the money in his, so when his buddy... Had like I don't know if he like what his standing was in the military, but they maybe thought, oh, this guy's maybe a troublemaker in the past. Let's make sure we check on him. Yeah, yeah. And then he was scot free, and then they didn't check on my you know white bread American grandfather. He's like, oh yeah, you know we know Ralph. He's fine. Nice. And then he passed through, and he was able to get his buddy a million dollars, but then he never saw him ever again. Sadly, because I would love to have gotten oh, some of that money. Oh damn! And that would have been really cool. And damn. Told, so that was post the war. That was probably like 45, 43. I think he was there till forty four, but. And then another story he told me was, he had, I call it the close shave story. So okay. he was stationed in Guam, and they kind of bounced around as they did the island hopping campaign. Okay. And I remember he told me the story that he was getting a shave, because back then, they had like everything on stilts. Because mm-hmm. like it was like they had a lot of rain and stuff, and like tsunamis and stuff. That's very similar to the United States in certain parts. But I remember he told me he was getting a shave, so he's laid back. And like the guy's cutting it, the barber's cutting it for him. Yeah. And then like this bomb drops right outside, like because there's like the... Stilts, and then there's like the stairs down, and it drops, falls right at the base of the stairs, and doesn't detonate. And then the guy like cut his throat a little bit, and it didn't like slit it, of course, but it was really, really close. And it's funny that the bomb didn't go off right outside the little hut. That was the story he always Holy told. Holy shit! One of these days, because he, he cool, it was cool too, because he brought a camera, and I made a documentary a few years ago about it through for film school. But it was really cool to see like all of his photos that he took when he was there. And they're all in my dude that closet insane. back home, but. Yeah, those are the two stories I thought would be fun to tell to your listeners. Wow. Um, let's see. So this is, I call this like my Fox family story. So I grew up okay. in rural Michigan, not so much like Chicagoland where there's always going to be like, you know, concrete and alleys and stuff like that. We have a lot more land out. Mm-hmm. Like literally outside my neighborhood, it's just farms and stuff like that. I'm sure you can imagine that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I think it was around like, my. I have a fall birthday. So it was around my birthday when I was like maybe a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was home alone for some reason. And it was like a pretty, it was like an Indian summer. I think that's what you call it when it's like a really warm fall. Yeah, so it was like maybe before. like 80, 75 degrees, something like that. So I remember a really, really nice, really content day. And anybody finished all my homework and I was yeah. having a good time. So I remember <laughs> going across my old deck. And I, I hear like this like scurrying about in the back, our backyard. So we have like our house and we're kind of built on top of a hill yeah. and it goes down and then we 
have like another level that leads to a canal that yeah. eventually leads to a lake that we lived <clears> on. Um, so I hear something scurrying about in our yard. I was like, what in the Sam Hill? So I open yeah. up the screen door and I kind of look out on my deck. So I'm about maybe 30 feet away and I see this family of foxes. They're a bunch of, uh, I think baby foxes are called kits. I okay. saw, I swear to you, maybe half a dozen. I think okay. I saw maybe seven or eight nice. of these kits just playing each other. Like, like two pairing off or three or playing. And there's, and there's just the mom sitting like, because there's like a stone path that leads to our lower end. Yeah. And she's just sitting there perched, just like looking over, watching everybody. So they didn't notice me at first. I saw, let's see, how close can I get? Yeah. So I went, I creeped slowly. As any kid who knows how to sneak around the house, I was yeah. going at the edge of the stairs, you know, going down, trying to like um, sidestep all the squeaky yeah, boards. Yeah. I got, I got... Yeah. Uh, long story short, pretty close. I got maybe from here to your couch, maybe like less than 15 feet away, and okay. just sitting on my stone patio that we have at the base of our deck, just like watching them. And the whole time, the mom's looking at me, just like glaring don't at me. Don't make a move. Don't yeah. make a move, but you can you can view, but don't yeah. like, look with your touch with your eyes, not with your hands. And it was just really really cool. Twelve of them. There, probably altogether 13 animals. I wow. saw. It was crazy. Wow. Really 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 cool. But that was just like cool. Like, just, like we had a lot of like stuff like that happen. Like just this summer we had. Uh, a fox that just moved in because they love to burrow into the side of this hill because it's really like uh, not so solid earth so they can really burrow and stuff because uh, they do dens. Okay. We like we'll get elk, sandhill crane. Not elk, excuse me, I'm not in the west, but we'll yeah. get like you know white-tailed deer, and cranes. I've only seen like one. I think it was a coyote. I think we had a bobcat one year, but I, I saw a bobcat out here. Yeah, a baby bobcat on I'm afraid the hiking that, trails. Afraid of having a small dog. They'll, they'll get you. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool because I'd never seen them before, and they got really cool-looking, like, tails. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was kind of freaked out at the same time because I'm like, this is a baby. Like, where's yeah. the mom at? Oh, that's when it's scary. It's, yeah. It sucks, too, especially for Southern California because of just, like, the fires. Everyone, because they're, like, you it's really crazy because when I was working on that Disney Plus uh, show, mm-hmm. they actually had a segment talking about wildlife. Like, Disney does a lot of stuff for nature in the surrounding area. And there's, like, a huge uh, bobcat population in the San, I think there's the San Gabriel Mountains by the 405. Yeah, I could be wrong. I don't know. But the mountains that are over there, and because of the fires, they're all getting closer and closer down. So it's crazy to see these shots because they'll, they'll set up cameras. Uh, and it's Bobcats and you just see all the traffic. It's just wild. Jeez. Clashing of worlds. You know, so another reason that climate change is, you know, real. Damn. I'll say that statement. I'm not say afraid. It. Say it. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. Well, that pretty much sums up what I have. We can kind of riff off. That was great, man. That was great. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming and sharing all that. Well, that thank great. you for having me, man. I hope I didn't talk too fast. I do get nervous. No, I, I mean, I literally haven't seen you in four years. I didn't have anything to really go off of, so this was great. Yeah. This hopefully, great. hopefully, you know, it turns out. And I, 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 best of luck with the show. I really, I think thank you had you. some cool stuff here. Cause Thanks. I think the format that you're going for, I think it's like it's a lot of fun. It's very freeing. You can like... Make a whole episode be one subject, or you just do what we did and just kind of bounce off. Yeah, I'm just I'm just learning as I go. I'm learning as I go. Aren't we all? Fake it till you make it, right? Austin Swain, everybody. Episode three of the Mole Mix. We are out. <laughs>